Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 35 of Health Talk with Dr. Kel. We are in the middle of a six-part series dedicated to body detoxes and cleanses. In week one, we discussed the differences between a fast, a cleanse, a detox, a flush, and a restore. In week two, we talked about detoxes and cleanses for gut, liver, and gallbladder health. In week three, we talked about detoxes and cleanses for the adrenal glands and kidneys. This week, we're discussing detoxes and cleanses for the heart and lungs. We'll go deeper into the anatomy and function of the organs, signs and symptoms related to heart and lung problems, and what you can do to remedy them. Walking. It seems so simple, yet so effective for keeping your heart and lungs healthy. It doesn't cost much beyond a good pair of shoes, and it's everywhere. You can do it in nature, which is great for reducing stress. When you exercise, you often eat healthier, which is also beneficial for your heart and lungs. Little changes in your habits create big health benefits. Eating healthy with moderate exercise can really help you to feel well. If it seems so simple, it's because it is. Welcome everyone to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we are doing podcast number 35 on detoxes and cleanses heart and lungs. Hi, Dr. Kell. Hi, Nikki. Welcome. And before we get started, let's do the quote of the day. Okay. Okay. Inspiration is a guest that does not willingly visit the lazy. And that's by Tchaikovsky. I like that. And that is fitting here with what we're doing on detoxes and cleanses, right? If you're lazy and you never get up and do anything about it, your, your health is going to be poor. And you don't feel well, and then you don't do much, right? Right. So, so it, and, uh. and and that type of lifestyle leads to excessive laziness, right? Yeah. Procrastination. It's all tied together. Yeah, you don't feel well, so it's harder to get up in the morning and get going, and and then maybe you need caffeine to get going, and then that is hard on your adrenal glands, right? Yes, what we just talked about last time. And then if those get all out of sync, then you can't sleep at night. And then it's like this vicious cycle, right? It's a tumble down the hill into, and when you're, into the garbage pit. And when you're tired, it's hard to be inspired. I like that, Nikki. It's hard to be creative. When you're tired, it's hard to be inspired by Nikki Sterner. Right. Yeah. Quote that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And that is so yeah. true. That is so, so, so true. So maybe even lazy is kind of a misquote. Maybe it's like unwell. Yes, sick. Yeah. If you're lazy, you need to consider why you're lazy. It probably yeah, has you something may to do with look. dysfunction of your body. Yeah. Okay. So you kid, all you kids out there who your parents rag on you and say, get up and do something, you can say it's because I'm unhealthy. Because I'm unwell. Yes, because you've been feeding me too much crappy food, processed yeah. foods, lots of candy and soda and, and garbage food instead of feeding me properly, parents. Yes, too much food colors. Take <laughs> care of your children. I know it's a struggle. They fight you on it because you started giving them crap. They just continue to want it. Oh, yes. That's the, that it's true. that dopamine release from the brain. Yeah. You started it when they were young and now it's hard to get them to stop. It really is. Yes. But today we're talking about heart health, which really is heart and arterial health because the heart 
and the vascular system are all connected, right? Can't have yep. one without the other. Um, mm -hmm. And because the lungs are so tied to the heart, we decided to throw lungs in there as well at the same time. But just right. to briefly start, millions of Americans are plagued by unhealthy arteries and heart. Mm. Atherosclerosis is a disease that causes uh, the death and roughly 50% uh, of deaths are caused by heart disease and cardiovascular disease uh, and is the most common in Western society. Why is that? Because we start feeding our kids crap when they're young and they keep eating the crap throughout their entire life and they usually don't stop until their body starts breaking down and and usually once your body hits hits the skids, it's harder and harder to get it to recover. It's kind of like a, a car who you, you you don't change the oil or check the, the other fluids and, and eventually they get filthy and dirty and everything start, stops working and then you go, I'll change the oil now and by then all the damage has been done to the engine and then you got to get a new engine which is easy to do in your car but not in your body. That's ah, hard to do. <laughs> yes. You know, they do do heart transplants. They don't do large vascular transplants yet. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe that's coming. But you don't want to go there, right? No. You want to take care of it ahead of time. So we're going to talk about how you can do that. And we've already said partially how you can do that. And what's a big one, Nikki? We mm -hmm. talked about it in every detox episode so far. And this kind of follows the same process, though, doesn't it? It's always about getting rid of the sugar, getting rid of the processed foods, getting rid of the caffeine and the alcohol. What are some of the issues that cause these things? Um, I'm just going to briefly mention uh, free radicals. We always hear about free radicals, unstable molecules that rob other cells of electrons. Those things are in your body and those are created, often come from the processed foods. Let's talk a little bit about what causes the atherosclerosis. For a long time, it was thought it was you're eating too much cholesterol. Low HDL levels and high LDL levels, right? That was what it was thought of and always talked about, oh, this is what's causing the blacking in the arteries. Well, guess what? The science is changing and the reasons are changing. And now the new science says it's insulin resistance is the cause. And you've heard of insulin resistance, correct? Wow, really? Yes, insulin resistance. And what is that? So basically we're talking a little bit about the function of the pancreas. What happens when you eat a real sugary diet? You drink a soda. You get a huge flush of insulin into your system because all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of, of sugar in your blood and your body says, too much sugar and uh, we need more insulin to balance it out. And so then you produce a bunch of insulin. That process constantly being repeated, your body begins to have a resistance to the insulin and the process doesn't get balanced right. You start to burn out the the cells in your pancreas that produce the insulin and so then you stop producing enough insulin and over time you do damage to the pancreas and then you get diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is you were born with not enough insulin producing cells. That's what's causing the formation of the placking in the arteries, not LDL or that's the cholesterol floating around in your system. So what's happening one of the things that, uh, from a natural perspective, that uh, um, hasn't been proved necessarily by science, at least I haven't find, found a scientific article regarding it, but uh, one of the thought processes are when you go through the function of the body is that your body trying to heal itself. You've got arterial damage from poor nutrition, 
lack of proper proper vitamins, lack of proper minerals. Basically, your pH of your blood is either too high or too low. Neutral acidity is, is you know, the scale is 1 to 14 and 7 is neutral. Water is 7. Well, the blood is considered to be, on average, where it should be is about a 7.35 to 7.45. Not a wide area there. So if it gets too acidic or too basic, mm-hmm. it can cause damage to the lining of the blood vessels and to the heart. Mm. And so poor diet, uh, lack of minerals, lack of proper nutrients uh, can alter that pH in the blood. Too much glucose, sugar floating through there can cause damage to the vessels. The thought process is, at least from a natural perspective, is the placking is one of your body's ways of trying to patch those damaged areas and they typically occur at the bifurcations of vessels then over time it builds up too much and then it breaks off and causes a clot and then you either get a clot in your heart get a clot in your lung uh, or a clot in the vessels itself um, as they travel through your body and then that can cause a stroke that can cause a heart attack that can cause a lung embolism um, and uh, kill you or deeply damage you damage your brain etc and then, like we said before, 50, over 50% of the people in America die from, from this type of a problem. And it's due to our Western diet. And the world, the rest of the world is beginning to see increases in these problems. Because why? Because they're all starting to eat the crap that we eat. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's being promoted by, uh, it, it's all about the money, right? They keep promoting these things. They, they taste good to people. Mm-hmm. At least after you take it a few times, it tastes good, so you keep eating it. And you get the dopamine release in your brain, and so you become addicted to it. Insulin resistance, that's what they're saying now, is the biggest cause of arterial placking. Okay, so let's go on now. What can you do about it? We've got 16 artery cleansing foods, and we're going to throw that on to uh, heart cleansing and lung cleansing foods uh, that help produce that. We're going to talk a little bit more detail about the lung after we go through these first of all fatty fish fatty fish you like fatty fish i love salmon salmon there you go salmon sardines anchovies and mackerel are on the top of the list with the omega-3s they're very anti-inflammatory very protective to the vascular system and help maintain that proper ph of the blood they help in platelet aggregation. Uh, they help balance your triglyceride levels, which high triglycerides, you'll find most people that eat the high-fat diet are always high in triglycerides uh, and low in the good HDL cholesterols. And You know, we're not throwing LDLs and HDLs and all that original data out the window. Uh, there is a connection there because those circumstances are caused by that crappy diet, but it's really the insulin resistance that occurs in the system because of the constant intake of of high sugar uh, um, diets that uh, affect you. The other thing I want to mention, you know, white flour. One of the things, and we're getting off topic for a second there, but it just reminded me I wanted to mention it because I don't think, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we talked about it when we are talking about liver, but white flour is bleached and it's bleached with chlorine. Chlorine oh. is very damaging to the liver. White flour is always on the list too for, for all these other things, but uh, uh, especially due to the fact that you, there is chlorine residue in the white flour. And so oh my, it's damaging to your system. That's crazy. Yes. Flax seeds are on the list. Flax seeds. We've all heard about flax seeds, anti-inflammatory, plant-based omega-3s. Those are good. They contain fiber as well. And so those are good for you. Berries, we briefly mentioned in the last podcast. 
berries or raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, all these things are good for your arterial health and you should eat lots of them. Uh, they have huge, mm -hmm. they're chocked full of polyphenols, polyphenol compounds. And so those are very important in helping in, in being anti-inflammatory and having antioxidative effects on the body and on the vascular mm -hmm. system and on the heart. Uh, they also help improve your LDL levels, citric fruits, jam-packed with, again, polyphenol compounds and uh, flavonoids, which are part of the polyphenol family. Bioflavonoids, do you like to eat lots of fruit here in California? We get lots of citrus, but not the rest of the country. It doesn't always, especially in the middle. You guys grow citrus in Atlanta or uh, in Georgia? I don't know if they grow it here. I know I just got a bag of grapefruit. You get a lot in Florida there, right? Yes, Florida for sure. Yeah, so you probably yeah. get most of your stuff out of Florida. Yeah. So keep eating fruit, um, lots of grapefruit. Grapefruit especially is on the top of the list. Lemons, though, a lot of people don't just like to eat a lemon. But again, <laughs> adding it to your, adding slices of lemon to your water. There uh, you go. Extra virgin olive oil. We talked about drinking olive oil being good uh, for your uh, kidneys, lemon and olive oil together as part of a regimen if you've got stones. Also good for helping your cardiovascular system. Monounsaturated fatty acids. Again, you, you've got the good fat from olive oil instead of the bad fat that we often are connecting everything to. Avocados. Do you like avocados? Yes. What was this type of fat that you said? Mono? <clears throat> Monounsaturated fats. Mufas. Unsaturated. It's rich. Extra virgin olive oil is rich. Source of monounsaturated fatty acids. Muf mufas. Mm. And polyphenol antioxidant compounds. So you want your movies. And you said avocados are a good source? Avocados are another, uh, let's see, a one-two punch for cleaning out your arteries. That's what this article talks about. Great source of fiber, chock full of 6.5 grams with half an avocado. Contain loads of blood sugar stabilizing, cholesterol optimizing MUFAs, just like the extra virgin olive oil. So MUFAs, we like MUFAs. Okay. <laughs> okay, that can become our new mantra, Mufas. 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 Yes. We're going to make a stuffed animal. Name him <laughs> Mufa. Very good. Next thing on the list, legumes. Do you like legumes? Do you know what legumes are? My body doesn't necessarily like legumes. I don't no, know. No, you have a bad reaction to legumes. Too much yeah, fiber, maybe? I'm, yeah, I'm one of those people. Very high in fibers. Like, but but we did talk about kidney beans, right? Kidney kidney beans fall in yes. the category of legumes. Uh, peas, yep. you like peas? Nope. <laughs> no? No, I, <clears throat> I love raw peas. I worked one summer in uh, eastern Washington on a pea uh, combine and pea swather where we uh, processed peas right out of the field and never had such good tasting peas fresh from the field. Love those things. Chickpeas and lentils. High doses of fiber. Maybe your body's a little bit too much fiber for you, but they're very healthy for you. So try to get some of that if you can. Very good at lowering the, the LDLs. American Diabetes Association loves legumes. So remember that. Tomatoes or tomatoes, depending on how you'd like to say it, are supposed to be good for you as well. Although there are some that say that tomatoes are part of the nightshade family. Potatoes, mm -hmm. tomatoes, uh, eggplant, and bell peppers are part of the nightshade family. So there are some things in those that, that some say actually increase inflammation in the body. But... We're saying the lycopenes in the tomatoes are actually helpful at uh, giving you good HDL levels. 
play that one by ear and, and see where you want to go with that one um, on the tomatoes. Okay. Uh, do your research and, and, you know, if you like tomatoes, your body's saying, I want a tomato, then maybe you ought to have one. Okay. <laughs> uh, listen to your body. Yeah. What's an allium vegetable? Do you know? An allium? An allium oh, vegetable. I, like yeah. garlic and onions? You're so good. Is that I, right? You you are very knowledgeable, Nikki. Yes, you're right. <laughs> onions, leeks, chives, scallions, and scallops. All those things are good in organosulfur compounds. Let's see. Those help lower blood pressure, reduce inflammation, and reduce platelet clumping, which can be an issue when it comes to getting blood clots. All those things. You should eat plenty of those things. They're very good for you. Mm. Okay. Uh, walnuts are on the list. Uh, regular walnut consumption can be associated with reducing cardiovascular and coronary heart disease. Help reduce the buildup of plaque, uh, according to this article. Animal studies. Of course, we always have to do it on animals, but I don't think any animals were hurt in this study. Uh, con con consuming walnuts as part of a high-fat diet resulted in a 55% reduction in atherosclerotic plaque development. So basically... They fed these guys crappy things, but they also gave them walnuts. They didn't show signs of damage because they were eating the walnuts. Mm, they um, kind of balanced out. So it kind of helped balance it out. Now, that's not giving you excuse. Say, okay, I can eat all kinds of junk food as long as I <laughs> eat my walnuts. That's um, right. Okay. One candy bar, one walnut. Yeah, okay. and, you know, moderation all things. We're not, we're not saying here, and we're not perfect either. We eat, all eat a little bit now and then. We have family gatherings and other things and church gatherings and they often love, you know, everybody loves to breathe in junk, so hard mm. not to partake of a little bit now and then, and that's okay as long as your main diet stays good, right? Yep. Oh, we're back to beets again. Beets. Beets. We talked about beets last time. Not my favorite food when it's cooked, but uh, raw I'm okay. and better off in juice. And probably don't need to say a whole lot more about that. We talked about it before, unless you wanted to mention something. Aren't the beets kind of shaped like a heart? You know, I never thought about it that way, but you're right. You're right. <laughs> kind of. Just like the kidney beans for the kidneys, the beets are for the heart. Let's see. I think I read that somewhere. Help the lower blood pressure and prevent damage to the artery walls. Put them in smoothies. Mix them with your olive oil. Another ingredients. Just, okay, we've got a long list here. You just throw it all together in a blender and blend it up. Yeah. Next thing, spinach. <laughs> Everybody loves spinach, right? Popeye loves spinach. Made him strong with big muscles. So yeah. it also gave you good vascular health. Green leafies increase your fiber content, lots of micronutrients and minerals in spinach, and studies show that it reduces atherosclerosis. Okay, now here's the one that all people are going to like. One item on here that might be considered a source of, by some unknowing people, might think it a type of junk food, but dark chocolate. Uh -huh. Dark chocolate is good. You can buy 100%, uh, 80%, 70% is common. You know, the darker it is, the more bitter it is, but the healthier it is. Flavanols are good for you, and that's what's contained in dark chocolate. Uh, they boost uh, nitric oxide production, which lowers inflammation and prevents blood clots. So it actually is a mild form of um, thinning the blood. So a blood thinner, oh. natural blood thinner. So I suppose if you're on Coumadin or one of those blood thinning substances, you might not want to eat a lot of dark chocolate. Oh. Okay. Any other thoughts on that one? Do you like dark That's, chocolate? I do like dark chocolate. Well, I can't eat too much of it, so no. I can just eat 
otherwise it'll all be awake at night. Oh, will it wake you up? Because there is mm-hmm. caffeine in chocolate, right? Yes. Yep, there's yep. a small amount of caffeine. It does taste so good, though. Yes. Spices. Spices. Cinnamon is supposed to be great for heart health uh, and vascular health and type 2 diabetes. Taking lots of cinnamon. Cinnamaldehyde. What? It's organic compound in cinnamon. Uh, curbs the risk of blood clots, so there's some thinning anticoagulant properties in cinnamon. Other good good things for heart health uh, types of spices are ginger, turmeric, and we already mentioned garlic under the uh, other category uh, mm-hmm. with onions and, and that. Uh, last thing here is green tea. Green tea has been shown to decrease vascular cell adhesion uh, and to be anti-inflammatory. So, but it does contain caffeine too, so another consideration. All right, uh, last thing to mention, fasting. Intermittent fasting is kind of more common and more talked about lately. Uh, have you ever done any intermittent fasting? Um, a little bit, not much though. What about you? Uh, not done a lot of it, but they say it's good for your heart and your health. Some research studies have shown that intermittent fasting can be beneficial to you and what might be considered intermittent fasting I suppose multiple definitions anywhere from, I'm not going to eat anything, I'm not going to have breakfast or lunch, but I'm going to eat dinner. I would say do it the other way around. If you want to go a few hours without fasting, eat breakfast, and then maybe go the whole day in through the evening and, and not eat anything until tomorrow's breakfast. Or maybe eat breakfast and lunch and then not anything until tomorrow's breakfast. But we talked about earlier, you know, these things are things to do temporarily once in a while or to do a 24-hour fast once a week or once every other week is appears to be very beneficial to you or even once a month when you look at all this uh, doing it long term or every day is not good for you you really need to eat uh, and preferably small portions throughout the day rather than big meals two to three times a day Um, last thing to go on any comments there you wanted to make no just another nice list of detoxifying foods yes 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 yeah Last thing here I want to mention, talk a little bit about the lungs. The lungs we know take in our air and expel the carbon dioxide out of our system. Those are the big things. Without our lungs, we would not survive. There's over 300 million alveoli in the lungs. That's a lot of alveoli. What's the biggest damaging thing people take in? Smoking cigarettes and vaping are very damaging to the lungs. Mm. I recommend people stop both of those things, but they, again, are addictive. You get a dopamine release when you vape. Uh, Some of the substances in vape are as as addicting, if not more addictive, than nicotine and cigarettes, not to mention damaging to the lungs and to the body. Uh, So stop doing that. But the the lung is a detoxifier in the system as well. You you breathe in toxins from the environment. The body can recognize or the lungs can recognize certain things that are not good for it. So they expel it in the form of coughing or just get expelled through your regular breathing. Here, here are some things, uh, ways to clean the lungs. Okay, steam therapy. Have you ever done a steam therapy on your lungs and you've been sick? When you're a kid, do you remember the Vicks Vapor Rub? Uh, I remember doing that as a kid, breathing in Vicks Vapor Rub in a steam. Yeah, or, we'd steam the shower. Yep, yeah, or we mother would boil a pot of, uh, a pot of water on the stove and then uh, stick it in a bowl real hot and pour a little Vicks Vapor Rub in there and we put a towel over her head and sit there and breathe it for a while. I don't know how healthy mm. the Vicks Vapor Rub was, but uh, <laughs> but it did seem to help uh, clear the congestion in your system. Have you ever heard of controlled coughing to help clear the lungs? 
something no. something recommended for COPD patients and controlled coughing. Uh, let's see, I won't go through every step of the phases, but you can look that up online, controlled coughing. There's a list of things you can do here to go through that process. So if you feel you got a lot of congestion, try controlled coughing. To drain mucus from your lungs. Postural draining involves lying in different positions to use, to use gravity to remove mucus from the lungs. Have you heard of that? No. Uh, so if you got a lot of, if you're coughing up a lot of fam, phlegm, there's another way to do that. It's called mucus draining from the lungs. Uh, it has you lying on your side, using a pillow, slowly inhaling in your nasal, uh, through your nose, and exhaling through your mouth. Again, it could take a lot of time to explain every detail here, but uh, there's a whole process of, of doing things, everything from starting on your back to going to your side to going to your stomach, and it helps work mucus up out of your lungs and get you to expel it through coughing. Okay. Most significant thing I think you can do for those lungs is exercise. Mm. Exercise, exercise, exercise. And again, the lungs are a detoxifier too. The blood's flowing through the portions of the lungs. So you're expelling things that can be expelled microscopically in the air coming out through your lungs and your body's expelling them that way too. So it's, the lungs are also a detoxifier. So you need to keep your lungs in good healthy condition and exercise, keeping them functional. A very sedentary person, lung capacity really reduces and you need to keep good lung capacity and good breathing going on to get in good oxygen, good nutrients into the body. It's one of the ways we get nutrients into our system too, is through, through the air. It's not just the oxygen we take in, but uh, there's minerals floating around in the air, but there's a lot of crap in the air too. So we gotta consider that. Your body's constantly in a process of detoxification and all these organs play a part in uh, getting rid of the bad things that come in and utilizing the good things that come in, whether it's from the air, the water, or the food we eat or getting in through the skin. And last of all, like the lungs, like the heart and everything in, anti-inflammatory foods are very important for the lungs. Turmeric, leafy greens, cherries, berry, blueberries, olives, walnuts, beans, and your favorite lentils. Turmeric, walnuts, <clears throat> yeah, Kind of like some of the things we've already said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turmeric, leafy greens, cherries, blueberries, olives, walnuts, beans, and lentils are on that list. Beans are kind of thrown into lentils usually, but this list separates them. Um, let's see, chest compressions, percussions is another effective way to remove excess mucus from the lungs. Not the chest compressions they do for someone who's having a heart attack, but uh, tapping your chest with your hand, chest compressions um, can help loosen things up in the lungs. I was performing that, if you're wondering what that sound was. I was beating my chest. Mm. Um, <laughs> can help bring things up out of the lungs. There are many things I would recommend people go online and look up these kinds of things far as what you can do to your lungs to clear out mucus in the lungs. There are several different processes you can do. But that's all I have to say about the lungs and the heart today. Did you want to make any final comments, Nikki? So the lungs, you take in oxygen and you expel carbon dioxide? The main things, yes, but you also main ex thing. expect main to expel thing. toxins as well that you bring in through the air and along with the carbon dioxide. The body will reject the things, typically if it's functioning normal, will reject the stuff you breathe in that doesn't like like all the plastic and all those things. Some of the things that the body doesn't recognize as, as bad, so it sucks it in and then goes through and has to be the rest of the organs and have to get rid of it that way. But but the lungs do take care of some of it. So you said to detox the lungs, you cough. Coughing is one way. Mm -hmm. It's one way to get rid of stuff. Because like someone yeah. that has a 
um, consistent cough, they yeah, probably have something in there. Yeah, something's going on with their lungs or their bronchi when they have a consistent cough. It could be irritation to the lung, to the bronchi. Uh, could be irritation in the throat that cause you to cough as well. The body's trying to normalize itself and balance itself because it could be the body trying to rid itself of something that's it's not able to get rid of. It could be a, if it's temporary, that's your body's process of getting rid of that temporary thing. You got a lot of mucus coming out of your sinuses down into your throat. You can have a chronic cough due to that, uh, where you're constantly coughing up phlegm, which means mm-hmm. that your body's ridding itself of toxins through your nasal cavity. People don't think of their sinuses as being a way of ridding itself of of toxins, but it is. Like you said, uh, Kelsey gets a lot of mucus when she drinks milk. Well, something in that milk the body doesn't like, and that's one of the ways it gets rid of it by by producing more mucus in the sinuses and then expelling it. Mm -hmm. Drains into the throat, yep. Yep, then you cough it up. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like a lot of the organs in the entire body a main way to cleanse them is through food. It is. It is because getting the, nu- the right nutrients through the food, through eating, eating good foods, eating good liquids, things high in minerals, high in good minerals, high in good vitamins. So to live that healthy lifestyle, it's like the less you poison yourself with the toxic, you know, sugars and white flours and things like that in the foods, the processed foods, the, and then you, feed it the nutrient-rich foods, the more cleansing you naturally will do every day. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly the way it works. The problem and the difficulty, the hard part of our lives here in uh, our Western society is, is our customs are entrenched in eating poorly. Yeah. Changing your way of life to eat correctly and eat correctly all the time is difficult because constantly been being bombarded by advertisements as well as everywhere you go uh, from the restaurants to to the family activities or, or parties or group <laughs> activities is your it's just part of our lifestyle that we just constantly put these things in us that are no good for us yeah it's amazing you can change your health i mean you have the power you do it's just yeah. most people don't do it until they have a problem and most yep. of the time you don't recognize the problem until it's gone too far because we're only aware of about less than 5% of anything going on in our system in our body at any one time. So they're all, uh, all these hidden diseases are developing without us really knowing about it. And we've talked about the signs today about uh, how do you tell when it's happening. You can't really tell when you're building arterial plaque, but you can tell the way you feel if you're eating a high sugar, high carb, crappy diet, high processed foods, high salt diet, you you don't feel as well you do as, you know, try eating well for a week or two, you'll notice the di- and then go back, you'll notice the difference. That's true. Yeah, you do. You just feel lighter. Like your body's not lighter, having to work better, as- You have more energy, you, you uh, think clearer, you don't have the brain fog. Sometimes yeah. if people have been eating poorly for all their life and they tend to be older, it can take a month, two, three months, six months before you really notice a huge difference because you've got so much, you know, the toxins that we take in or if the body can't expel it, it stores it in our fat. So then when we start going on these, mm. on these diets, we start spilling the toxins. That we, the fat comes out of the cells. Well, all those toxins come out of the cells with it. And then they're in our bloodstream. They're going to our brain. They're... They're floating around our system, and they're causing 
that's why oftentimes when people go on these cleanses or, or detoxes, for a while they, they feel very poorly, and that's because all these toxins are rushing into their system. But it's yeah. the only way you're going get to get it out. And that's why I recommend if people are really overweight and, and really uh, have been eating poorly for many, many years, and they decide to do a detox or cleanse, that they go into it slowly. They, yeah. they don't be real. Don't do a drastic change from one day to the other. Only problem with that is for some people, unless they make a drastic change, they'll never follow through with it. Um, mm. But uh, you know, if you're on one of these things, and oh wow, I, you know, I, I often will put people on these types of diets, and and the problem often is, is they'll like the like the twenty one day cleanse um, is a common one, and during that twenty one days. You're, you're eating different foods and, and getting rid of other things. And, you know, it's, it's not uncommon, especially if people do these things for the first time after the first, you know, during the first week, they cheat. They have a candy bar, they drink a soda or something happens. You know, they eat some crappy processed food because yeah. they're really craving. They can't stand it. And then they go, oh, I just blew it. And then they quit. Well, mm. th- that's the last thing you want to do. You want to go, oh, well, never mind. Okay, I screwed up. Keep going. You know? Yeah. And you yeah. just keep on going. And, and the first time you go through, for the first time you do it, maybe you mess up a few times. But you continue on. You do the best you can. And then either, either you continue doing it and you do it again. Or you take a break and then a few weeks and start on it again. And maybe it's going to take you two, three, four times of doing this type of a <clears throat> life change to eventually get to a point to where you your life change is permanent. Now you typically eat healthy most of the time, 90% of the time, doing what you're supposed to, eating what you're supposed to. And, and yeah. every now and then you have a little jump, but you don't fall off the wagon. Some people find they're like alcoholics, though. They, they uh, just have a little bit, then they totally lose it and go back totally to their old habits. Of eating. And if yeah. you're that kind of person, you just need to recognize that you can't have any at all, ever. You just need to eat healthy all the time, which is the be the best for it thing for all of us anyway yeah well well great discussion today dr kell thank you so much for um educating us on the heart and lungs i did not realize how much sugar was affecting the arteries i thought it was different stuff so that was really you know eye-opening for me oh well now that we've talked about all this we recognize that that's damaging all of our body systems all of them it, oh, yeah. It's hurting everything from the gut to the liver to the vascular system to the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the, the adrenal glands, the brain. The, I mean, it's yeah, it's getting everything. Take it out. Speaking of brain, that's our next one. That's the next podcast, right? Oh, yes. Okay. The next one is the brain. Excellent. Oh, we all need some help with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, we do. Myself included. Excellent. And thanks, everyone, for listening today. And be sure to tag a friend or a family member if you learned something or if you know of somebody who needs to switch up their diet or incorporate some of these new foods or healthy foods into their diet and their life. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Kell, and thank you, everyone.